0: If you're looking to spice up your intimacy, and your sex life in particular, I highly recommend Romantic Escapades CBD infused massage oil and Honey Pot's CBD infused silicone based personal lubricant. Uh, As someone who's been in a a long-term relationship with my wife, uh, it's been an incredible experience using these products. I'm uh, not the one who's usually pumping products all the time, but I really wanted to get this one out because I think it has uh, really brought even more intimacy into our lives. And it's just fun to use. I mean, sex is fun. Having more fun during it is, uh makes it even more enjoyable. And what makes this even better is the founders, Dennis and Jesse, are just lovely people, uh, really connected with Dennis on a call. And I just love what they're doing. So... Get out there and get some more spiciness and excitement in your love life with a romantic escapade and honeypot. And for a special, um, if you go to uh, the website, uh, if you go to uh, fantasticescapades.com, uh, you can use my code Doctor D twenty. Spell out Doctor and then D twenty to get twenty percent off your purchase. Guys, I hope you enjoy it as much as I do man recording is in progress here tally how are you good how are you good i was thinking about our previous conversation which we had a while back i think yeah.
1: Yeah, It was like a month ago
0: it was like a month ago where does time go i have no clue where time goes <laughs> i don't know and uh okay who referred you to me somebody referred you to me i'm pretty sure
1: Steph Gordon, um, who I actually met at a a food fair. So totally random and really beautiful connection.
0: That is pretty random, actually. Yeah. Uh, And I was like, man, I haven't heard from Stephanie in a long time. Actually, her episode was one of my first 50. It was in like the first batch of 50, I think. But it was really cool. And uh, every once in a while, she sends me somebody.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm glad she sent me to you.
0: Yes. Thank you so much. So, I mean, we're here to talk a little bit about your uh, dating app, uh, which I'm sure is a lot of work. So let's get the background on why you decided to do this.
1: Yeah, so a few years ago, I ate at a blackout restaurant and had the chance to get to know total strangers in complete darkness, having no idea what they looked like. And I had a really beautiful conversation with them. And when the dinner ended and I saw them for the first time outside the restaurant, I realized that had I seen them beforehand, I would have assumed that we wouldn't have had anything in common just based on what they looked like, what I looked like. And I would have missed out on that connection and it would have really been a shame. And it it sparked the thought, would people be more open to meeting and getting to know one another if they didn't know what the other people looked like first? And so Blink was born, you know, this isn't to say love is blind. So we do incorporate physical attraction (laughs) into the process but we really rely on relationship psychology and trying to help people make deeper connections.
0: Oh, uh, it's really interesting. I was thinking of Love is Blind, honestly. I mean, that's like totally <laughs> that exactly what I exactly right. Right, yeah. that show. By the way, I liked the show. It was pretty good, I thought. Not so much into the new episodes. It's like the show was aware of itself. Now, and <laughs> it feels too staged. Now, yeah. But,
1: but hey, it worked for two, two couples and they're still married.
0: Despite the
1: staged episodes later.
0: True. So tell me a little bit more about the whole not seeing the other person? Why do you think this is a different direction that you think is positive than the normal seeing each other? You know?
1: So I think um, thinking about the dating population and folks who are looking for a relationship, 50% of people are looking for something that is committed and they're really struggling on traditional dating apps, which put looks first, because it's really hard to, to know if you're going to be compatible with someone for a long-term partnership based on that. For the other 50% who are looking for something more casual, you know, just looking to have a good time, that dating apps are working wonderfully but there are like 79% of still single dating app users are deleting dating apps because Whoa. they're not enjoying the experience. And so there's a gap there. There's something missing. And we want to give people the chance who are looking for that committed relationship, the chance to focus on what matters, which is, do I connect with this person? Am I you know able to have a conversation with them? Do I want to continue the conversation with them instead of just choosing based on you know images and a profile, which statistically, those decisions based on profiles and photos are being made in less than one second, usually on attractiveness and race. So really just trying to, to give folks a different way to connect and meet one another because it's not working for everyone.
0: You said
1: 79% of still single folks. What yeah.
0: it, what's the underlying mechanism behind that? Is it the things that you just said? Or what's the deeper issue there?
1: There are all sorts of reasons folks are deleting their dating apps. And some of those uh, for the 79% are, you know, not feeling safe, not enjoying the experience and not feeling like it's really meeting the needs that they are looking for. But those folks are still single. They're just not finding what they're wanting on these apps that are meant to help them not be single anymore.
0: Yeah. I mean, is there, what's an, what's the inherently maybe difficult thing about most versions of dating apps? Is it's just too many options? Is it just I think that's like the one. a jukebox type of thing? Like what's it is. the deal? It,
1: it reduces people to baseball cards. And again, oh. if you're looking for a long-term relationship, a baseball card is not gonna help. And like studies have shown that attractiveness in that initial chemistry actually isn't a great uh, determinant of whether or not the long-term relationship will succeed. And so, you know, it's what you said, there are too many options. People have this bigger, better, next ideology, like thought, like, oh, if I just keep swiping, I'm going to find the one person. But you're, you're looking at a snapshot, you're looking at a curated profile that somebody might have spent hours on, had their friends help with, you're looking at photos that could be really old or totally inaccurate or edited. And it's just not, you know, really helping people again, who are looking for that long-term commitment, find their, their person. Do
0: you think that most people on dating apps are looking for long-term relationships or is it more casual?
1: It's, it's 50, 50 and that's, it? it's still, yeah, it's a, a large number of people. I forget the exact number, but it's, it's in the millions. So that 50% is still pretty significant.
0: Right. Huh. That's really yeah. interesting. I would, I would, I wouldn't have guessed that. I mean, I guess I wouldn't know too much about it, honestly. <laughs> but if it's this is it, a
1: surprising number.
0: I think it is a surprising number, and I think to myself, what is, what is the future of dating with something like this? And what are you, or what stage of development, or where are you at with your current deal yeah. with Blink?
1: So we did a proof of concept podcast which we just wrapped season one we got amazing feedback from our data yeah. we did that while we were developing the app so um we completed that and we're looking to to start season two so that's one portion of the work that we're doing right now um, yeah. to continue promoting the app and help people experience blank in the meantime, we've been working on the app and the, the app is actually almost ready for beta. Okay. Uh, and that'll be released. We're hoping this month, we had a little hiccup with the app store where they wanted us to make our reporting function more robust. So now that that's done, we're going to resubmit it and hopefully they don't, they don't raise any other flags that we need to address. Yeah. Um, so we're really hoping that this month will be released in Los Angeles for a beta and then we can do a broader release before the end of the year and hopefully expand then to New York, which is our next target market.
0: I mean, it's probably the right target markets, right? I mean, cities, people, a lot of single people probably. Mm -hmm. What what are the things that you have been maybe most surprised about in doing this and starting this whole thing?
1: You know, I think the thing that surprised me most was when we did the podcast, I thought some people wouldn't like it. I thought, you know, we're probably going to get a mixed bag, but every single one of the people who participated said that they would do it again. And that was really validating. And so, you know, I thought, I was concerned, would people be interested in this idea of getting to know someone without having any idea what they looked like you know. beforehand? Because people are so attached to the photos. And, you know, the person has to be six foot whatever, you know, they're <laughs> attached to these physical requirements. And we, we didn't have that experience when we were talking to people. That isn't to say that, you know, people don't feel that way. I think it's just that the people that we attract are really interested in the idea and really committed to finding their person. And so I think the, the market that we're targeting, the marketing that will come in, it's sort of self-selecting. And so okay. that that was a, a pleasant surprise.
0: So take me through like, if let's say on I was a user, yeah. which I wouldn't be, but let's say I was <laughs> a user and I'm a single person, I'm gonna do blink. How does it work? Like, how is it different from the other yeah. uh, dating apps that are out there?
1: So the sign up process takes about a minute, which is very different from other apps where you have to go through all sorts of questions. You're oh, just really? putting in your name, your sexuality, your age, your you know interests, and very few lifestyle choices like smoking, drinking, politics. Um, yeah. And then you upload a single photo, one photo. And once you do that, you put in your availability and then we schedule you for your 10 minute blink dates, which are the audio only dates. Um, based on the availability and the parameters you put in and your interests. And once we schedule you for that, you go on your date. You have no idea what the person looks like. All you know is their name. And if the date goes well, then you move on to what we call the glances, which is where you see three anonymized photo. That's where that one photo comes in, one of which belongs to the person you spoke with and you, you don't know which. And this removes some of the rejection component. If it doesn't work out, you don't know if it was based on the photo, if it was based mm. on the conversation, if it was them, if it was you. And it also goes back to this relationship psychology the idea of people become more attracted to we become more attracted to people based on whether or not we feel a connection with them so you might have said no to one person's photo but if you had a really beautiful conversation with them you might say yes and so that's that's what the experience looks like and if there's mutual positive feedback on both the date and the glance then folks match and can continue chatting in the app until they're ready to take it offline hmm. and then uh, go from there
0: interesting so the scheduling part is that different from other apps dating apps i mean it sounds different i've interviewed a lot of dating app yeah. creators and stuff and that doesn't seem to be a part of what they're doing
1: i think it is different there are other audio voice first apps out there and a lot of them rely on kind of voice clips where people will attach a voice clip to their profile or you go to someone's profile and you can see a little bit of information about them and you know it's, it's still sort of a again a, a curated experience we don't have that at all it's really about you know, putting in your time, it's sort of like a virtual speed dating through an app. Yeah. So it's bringing that experience into your, your phone. And so it is different because we don't, again, want this kind of dating to be this curated thing because a voice note, again, you can record that over and over and over again until you get your tone right, the exact wording. And that isn't representative of what your conversational style really is. And so we really want people to get back to dating when we are thinking about online dating and what we're offering people.
0: Do you feel like this may be good timing too with what's going on in the world and the pandemic and stuff and people can't see each, haven't been able to see each other as much a lot more now Does the mm-hmm. timing feel more right for something like this you feel like.
1: It does. And I think COVID was one piece of that puzzle. I think people now think about dating very differently and people have embraced virtual dating because it's made it feel safer and more efficient. You're not spending an hour getting ready and an hour <laughs> taking the subway to get to a date. You can just you know, hop on your yeah. phone. But I think there are a few other things that have really worked in our favor. I think Love Is Blind was a really great, you know, show. It came out last year, I think February. So yeah. um, I think people have really kind of embraced this idea of getting to know people without visuals, and they think it's really cool. I think also there's been kind of a wave for audio specifically. Uh, I think you know Clubhouse was really big. I mm-hmm. think people like the ability to focus on what people are saying, instead of worrying about, oh, is my hair in the right place? <laughs> um, or like, am I, I'm being recorded, so am I looking at the camera? Am I looking at myself? Right. There's like a Zoom fatigue component. So audio has really experienced a, a rebirth. Uh, and so I think a lot of different factors have, have really made this a really wonderful moment to, to introduce this app to the world.
0: It's funny, like when um, I had video and audio, I started doing that a while back. And people were like, "Well, please let me know ahead of time because you know I want to how I oh, look," no. and I'm like, "Ah, okay, whatever, <laughs> you know." Like, what's the background the I'm using?
1: Light. Yep.
0: It's like a whole deal. Whereas when I just had it was funny when I just had the podcast and it was just audio. It's actually a very strange yet fulfilling experience to like not see the person and just hear their voice. Yep. You know, you have to wait on the pauses,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: be really diligent about listening to what someone says and not it get lets distracted. you
1: really focus on it yeah you're not you're not there's nothing popping up on your screen you're not looking at like the fly on the wall behind them it really <laughs> lets you focus on the conversation and yeah. really listening to it
0: so how has this been let's relate this to your personal life if we can yeah. and your dating <laughs> sure. experiences let's if that's okay like well how has Absolutely. this been connected to your dating
1: life so I fear I, I might have to disappoint you a little that I um, okay. am partnered and I actually okay. did not meet my partner on a dating app. Yeah. Um, and so I, I sort of uh, escaped some of the woes of modern dating. Um, but thankfully my co-founder, she has experienced the woes of online dating and she met her partner on a dating app. And so yeah. she really brings that personal experience into the company and kind of what we're building.
0: Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I met my wife on uh, match.com back in 2003. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh I mean that was like the dark ages of dating.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was like this new thing nobody talked about.
0: And it was like there was like a stigma about it because yeah. I remember like I was so like afraid of people knowing I was on it because it was like everybody's were meeting each other in person at that time. Right. So it was like super like infancy of this right. version, and uh which is kind of correlated to this my, um, my wife would not send me a picture of her at all. She was like, oh, I love I
1: her. I don't want to do like- that.
0: I want you to just like know me. And so we talked for probably three weeks. I had no clue what she looked like. Zero.
1: Uh-huh. That makes I'm, me so happy. <laughs>
0: I know it works. So I'm telling you. you. And we met for the first time at the Baltimore Inner Harbor. Um, And I had, I still had no clue what she looked like. So every person is like walking this woman. I had no clue. So like, she just came up to me and she's like, I'm Michelle. And I was like, again, I had zero idea, but I already really liked her a lot. So it almost did she look like what
1: you expected. No, if I may ask, not at
0: all, but that didn't, that, I mean, she was wonderful to me, but I just, it's almost like it didn't matter. It almost didn't matter. And I feel yeah. like that's kind of what you're trying to get at with this. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And it's, it's hard because, you know, you had multiple weeks to get to know her. So I think no. that really, again, you're really building that psychological connection. And that really goes back into like someone becomes beautiful to you as you get to know them and you know fall in love with them. But what's happening now with modern dating is you don't even get a chance to get to that point when you're swiping <laughs> left immediately. And so we're giving people a little bit of a version of what you got, but it's it's yeah. much more condensed. Um, we are hoping to expand kind of the experience down the line, but um, we're definitely going for for what you have um, with yeah. your wife. It seems like it, it's, it's been since 2003, so it seems like it's going strong.
0: Yeah, we've been married almost 18 years, so uh, wow, it's been pretty good, awesome. I would say. Um, so we had kind of the archaic ages of dating, right? <laughs> we're in like the, the plague years <laughs> We're like, and we're kind of, I don't even know what happened in the middle of that, but all of a sudden, all these things started popping up tender grinder, all this stuff, these hookup things. And now I'm starting to see, we talked about Zach, uh, Schlein mm-hmm. with a uh, filter, uh, yep. filter off. And now mm-hmm. we have mm-hmm. blink. Where is all this headed in your mind?
1: I think there are gonna be a few categories of dating apps. I think they're gonna be the traditional swipe based one. I think this already exists, but I think it'll solidify. I think there will be super niche ones. Like there are ones for people who like beards, for people who love cats, who like <laughs> have minute, very particular lifestyles.
0: Hold oh, on, yeah, hold on, are, we, are you serious? <laughs> are you serious? <laughs> oh
1: yeah. I don't remember what it's called, but I can send it to you after. Beard dating app are...
0: was like we yeah. like stouts. <laughs>
1: we don't like... Oh, beard, more beard. Oh, beard. Sorry. I was like, is it yeah. really facial like, hair?
0: Facial. Well, okay, hold. On. That's even weirder to me.
1: I almost can not <laughs> get the
0: beard thing. Beard.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll have to look it up after and send you the name. But i I I can only imagine that there's probably a beer one as well. So who knows. <laughs> so i think there are going to be there's going to be like a whole grouping of all these super niche apps and then there's going to be the personality first apps which include you know filter off and some of these others including ourselves which are really helping people who want those committed relationships
0: yeah, so you see this is kind of uh, becoming very specific over time okay so this is like maybe for this person as a cat we're all cat people like there's, <laughs> This is for dogs. Dogs are for lovers. <laughs> like,
1: like. Dogs. There's a dog one. I also forget its name off the uh. top of my head. But I'm telling you, there, there. I think over 8,000 dating apps. There's so many, and you'd think that that meant that there wasn't room for more. But most people are using four to five apps at any given time. So it's, to... it's also, yeah. Oh, sorry, go ahead.
0: But what's the what's the reasoning behind that? Like, to increase your odds, your chances. I mean.
1: I think it, it's either to increase their odds or it's not working or they just, you know, go to different places for different things, depending on their mood. If they're looking for, you know, uh, you know, today I'm in the mood for video chat because I'm feeling, I'm feeling cute. So you are down for a video chat today. I really just want to be on my couch and my sweat, my pizza, sweat, stain sweats <laughs> and have an audio date and not worry about what I look yeah. like. So I think folks just want to be able to pick and choose their experience on any given day.
0: Man, that seems like a lot of work. Honestly. It
1: does. It is a lot Doesn't of work. It seems like is... a lot
0: of work to like be dating and using all these different applications, and
1: it, it can be hard. And we we are really hoping to make it easier. And we're hoping one of the things that you know we're really trying to remind people is. It seems like there's more effort involved in going on an audio date, but it's actually almost less because you don't have mm. to worry about messaging 15 people at once and remembering yeah. who's who and then coordinating a date with them. Like it's, you literally just put in, I'm free for a date whenever, and you do the magic for me. Yeah. So it's a lot easier. And so we're, we're really hoping to bring, bring a little bit more fun into it and take out some of that stress.
0: Right. What's the, like, like, what's the back end like as a creator you know, working on this thing, how do, how do you see this all unfolding? Like you're like the grand wizard and you see like, Oh, there's all these dates and stuff.
1: All these dates. No, we really, um, you know, I guess that we're really looking forward to launching and seeing, getting our initial feedback so we can see how we should expand the app. We have a lot of amazing ideas, but we really want to hear from users, but our dream is to really, you know, start seeing within the first few months people reaching out and telling us hey we found a connection here and we actually had that on our podcast we had one of our couples turn into they they are now platonic friends but they did go on several dates and their relationship has has blossomed into a friendship and I think that's actually another thing worth kind of reminding people dating you know I think people really think about when they go on a first date like is this person the one Mm. we really think that that first question should be, is this someone I want to keep talking to? Yeah,
0: and,
1: You know, that reduces some of the pressure and, you know, the other person, it reduces some of the expectations you're putting on yourself and on that other person. And dating is supposed to be an experience. You're not supposed to immediately find your person necessarily. <laughs> like you, it's okay to go out and decide, yeah. okay, I, I don't want to continue with this person or okay, I want to continue with this person as a friend or hey, I want to explore this in a romantic sense. So I think, you know, we're really hoping to make it again, more fun and a yeah. little... Reduce some of that pressure that, it, like, it has to be this. It has to mean that you're go- you know, going to be on the altar. You have this yeah. picture of you and, and the other person at the altar in a month or something.
0: Well, how do you? I mean, I don't know how old you are, but I'm not going to ask you. But I want to say, but I'm in my 40s, and I know I have a lot of friends who are like in their 20s. Strangely enough, uh, and <laughs> dating seems like a huge minefield for them. Mm-hmm. They find it extremely difficult with current society's attitudes or maybe the technology behind it. how do you how do yeah. you view this how do you think young people are dating today and in part two of this question do you see this what's the demographic maybe you're shooting for for this
1: let's start with the second question um so the demographic that we're shooting for are folks who are usually mid to late 20s to their okay. you know late 40s so people who are of beyond the i just want to you know hook up and have a great time which totally valid be young have fun yeah people who are now kind of transitioning into that i want to find somebody to spend my life with phase Mm. and in terms of how people you know who might be in their 20s are dating i think one thing that adds a lot of pressure Uh, beyond just the normal societal expectations of you know your parents being like oh are you seeing someone when are you giving me grandkids that sort of stuff that's existed forever is social media you know you see other people in relationships you see snapshots of them traveling snapshots of their gorgeous you know photos dancing or with their pets and you think you're supposed to have that but what you don't realize is there's so much more behind that photo you know, you don't, they, it's a highlight reel. You're not seeing all the hard parts in between all the work people do, the fights they have. Yep. There are all sorts of stories now of TikTok couples who seem perfect, who then get divorced and how people process that. So I think there's just so much pressure to be perfect, so much pressure to, to fit into this, you know, mold of, I have my perfect person who I'm now gonna post per- per- perfect photos with. And that yeah. just, it's creating an unhealthy expectation, I think all around.
0: I think so too. I mean, I, I don't know anyone that's that age that is not frustrated with how these things are going or they're going on physical dates and either both of them or one of them are just on their phones the whole time. Oh gosh. Which is crazy.
1: It is really a shame. And this actually, so I was thinking about this when you said that you met your partner in 2003 before dating apps were really big and people were meeting others in person then. I think that's a lot harder now because ben. of smartphones. Yeah. When people are now shopping in grocery stores or in the bookstore <laughs> or wherever they may be, they're staring at their phone. And so the idea of striking <laughs> up a conversation with a random person that you think is, you know, worth talking to because of the book they're reading or something, it's hard. Like it's really hard, or because the book they have in their bag, obviously, they're not phone and book <laughs> in hand, but it's just a lot harder to meet in real life. And so I think you know, people are, are on these apps. And I also have not really met anyone who's like, I love being on these dating apps. Like it's a really no. hard experience.
0: Well, it's actually kind of like, and this is uh, for all the you know, people listening is I've done so many of these episodes and Tally and I were talking about this before we went on air is, uh, you know, almost 400. And honestly, even people who are like doing really well with the internet and stuff. Honestly, social media really don't like it. Even the people who are like thriving on it don't like it. And there's this weird relationship we're developing with technology and that it can be very helpful, but on the other side, it's created this strange beast within us. And it's like, it's not a movie where you go, you know, you go to the grocery store line, you're like, like you're saying, oh, I read that book. That's a good book. Or, oh, you know, whatever it is now it's like, oh, I don't want to interrupt them. They're on their Mm -hmm. phone, you know? Mm Strange. It's so uh, stupid, it's, actually. I think
1: it's such a shame um, because the technology really can help us connect. I think, especially yes. during COVID, we saw like it, it helps people stay connected at a time where we really couldn't meet in person. But it's yeah. also keeping us apart in many ways. We're using it as a shield and, you know, hiding behind it. And we're also developing these unhealthy expectations. Like, there's so much information now about how bad Instagram and Facebook are for people's mental health. And it's it's just a shame because, again, it can be a really positive place. I actually met my co-founder on Instagram through a dog mom group. And our relationship is now where we've known each other for five years. We're really close friends. And so it can bring people together, but it it also can can bring people apart.
0: And you know what? I actually just saw how maybe this was some hearing or, you know, I guess they had stopped doing the Instagram for kids because there's so much backlash Mm
1: -hmm. about
0: it. And the problem is it puts you in kind of this doom scrolling this kind of constant stimulation thing. I'm not saying it's all bad, but I'm thinking that there's no. Whenever you don't have rules or parameters around something, it creates chaos. Yeah, I think for a lot of people, it's creating this mental chaos. For that,
1: really is. We created also, something
0: with no rules, basically.
1: I mean, people are creating their own rules for it. Um, Bang! You know, I think you see in a lot of shows now with teenagers and young kids, like there's also this, this idea of, Oh, I have to post something and people need to like it. And if they don't like it, they don't like me. And it becomes this spiral of, of like, you know, stress. And, you know, they, they're trying to address things like that with certain features, but at the end of the day, like for kids, it's really hard. It, yeah. it can be really damaging.
0: Yeah. I think, and you have to be very careful. And the crazy thing is the people who create these things don't want their kids on it. That's right. the nuttier thing. It's like, wait a minute, you want my kids on it, but you don't want your kids on it. What kind of stuff is that? <laughs> like,
1: it's, uh, I guess some folks uh, have different priorities. But
0: yeah, yeah. I, I would say so. There's a hugely different priority. So how does this relate to, to Blink and, and your dating app? What's the privacy aspect to it? How do you combat that and creating the expectations for how you want this to go?
1: Yeah, so I think in many ways, our app offers privacy on a level that others don't because the photo only happens after like seeing a photo only comes after you have a conversation with someone. So imagine going on a normal dating app, people essentially take those photos, they can screenshot it, put it in Google and find out a ton of information about the person they're dating, which can have its benefits. Sometimes you learn things that you, you know, should know up front, but other times can be really problematic because, you know, you're essentially sleuthing on someone. (laughs) (laughs) And your your privacy can really be kind of exposed that way and and violated. And so um, in some ways it's really, you know, you're able to, all you're sharing is your first name before you meet someone. You're not, you know, somebody can't go down the rabbit hole trying to find out information about you. With that said, we do have, we also think it's really important that the people who are who they say they are. So we have, you know, basic phone verification, people put in their phone numbers and we have the reporting functionality. So if there are any issues, we can resolve them very quickly, Um, but you know, it's dating is, is, you know, kind of scary. And I think one of the yeah. things we hope to do down the line is partner with some of the companies that offer these, you know, services to make sure, like I said, people are who they say they are and the experience yeah. is safe. So that's something that we're looking forward to doing once we're out of the beta stage.
0: I also I was thinking too, is like, can people put in like fake names and like, so they, you know, I feel like that's where the weirdness of the internet is, It's this anonymous nature of people's lives. And this and yeah. I think, honestly, the, for me, the internet has changed people's behavior. Oh, like, people are more brazen and more outgoing online. And they're, they're like an altered version of themselves. But the in-person version is usually not as, as uh, crazy as the, on- as the online absolutely. version. Absolutely. Know?
1: Anonymity creates a lot of, yeah gives a lot of boldness. I think, you know, there is that, that problem in any app, in any online forum, um, in Blink's case in particular, the, there is friction because people need to put in their availability and show up for a date to actually interact with another human. So there's no ability to send nasty messages to someone that you've never met, which happens on traditional dating apps after people Mm. match, they, you know, you see a lot of accounts that are sharing these screenshots and they're really terrible. And so the the there is friction because in order to actually communicate with someone you need to put in your availability and you need to join the date at the scheduled time yeah so it's a lot harder to and essentially it's also harder to you know be someone that you're you say you're not like sure you can put in a fake name but you you know, if you want to try to catfish someone with somebody else, you need to have somebody else in the room with you during that date pretending yeah. to be you. <laughs> so it's just it's a lot harder when you're you're talking about real-time communication as opposed to async communication, which is what most traditional dating apps are using.
0: Do you think this is what like so yours is kind of born out of this kind of difference, all these differences you're speaking about? you think that's where kind of we're headed with dating apps and 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 internet in general is like more privacy, more verification less hateful things through these technologies.
1: I want to say that I think it's moving in that direction. I think there are companies that are trying to push it in that direction. I do fear You know, there are the big companies, like we said, Instagram and Facebook that have these opportunities to expose the market to totally different things like it will also depend on the bigger fish in the ocean and what they are choosing to do to protect people. And I don't know that I personally have hope that they will certainly suddenly reverse course and start (laughs) doing things that are better. Um, but I do think there are a lot of companies that are cropping up that are trying to nudge the Titanic uh, back yeah, on the course, the so to speak.
0: I like that. <laughs> it is term. a
1: Titanic.
0: Nudge the Titanic. It is. <laughs> I mean, it certainly is. I mean, I think we're learning a lot about human behavior, which is curious in the dating aspect. But I think it has a lot of application uh, yeah. to that. Do you do you feel that? Uh, there's going to be issues and that you, are you anticipating issues like some difficulties with this as it goes along? Just like, hey, there could be some bad actors or maybe there's going to be some foul play. Is that something you've had discussions about, you talk about?
1: It, we certainly have. It's, I think, inevitable. And yes. I don't know of a single community online that has never had bad actors. That's why report functionalities are necessary. Yep. Um, And, you know, I think we'll just, we'll tackle them as we see them. Uh, We're not excessively worried at this point. You know, like Mm -hmm. I said, we, for our proof of concept podcast, when we had folks join, we had people that we had no idea who they were. We weren't sure if they would show up. We weren't sure how kind they would be to the people they spoke with. Every single one of them showed up on time. No one ghosted us. Everyone was super respectful. (laughs) So again, I think there's a self-selection component in what we're Uh doing. And so that isn't to say we'll never have problems. We certainly are ready for them and aware of it, um, but we're not—we're not, we're not um, you know, anticipating that it will be the norm.
0: Tell me a little bit about if other parameters that may be on there, because I feel like this is something that people want to hear. Is that they—they may have a disdain for the current version of social media and, and all this stuff, but I still think people want to be online. They want to have this experience. How is that? What are some other parameters you have on Blink that's gonna make it differentiate it from other dating apps and just general online experience?
1: I mean, I think it's really lovely again that you don't have to worry about what you look like. So there's this yeah. removal of stress because yeah. you can just get on your call and, and move on. I think, again, we're not, one of the things about um, certain dating apps and uh, you know, even thinking about video dating, if you don't match afterwards, There can be this feeling of rejection, like you were Mm. the person who has been rejected if you said yes to the other person, whereas in our dating app, you don't actually know if you didn't match with the person because of yourself or the other person, because you might have said no to their photo. And so we are trying to just remove some of those psychological barriers to connecting with people and help make it um, less of a a negative experience, which again, is just very prevalent throughout the internet.
0: How do you, you st- I want to go back to the scheduling part because I think that's really unique. Yeah. I, th- I think yeah. it's actually incredibly unique. How do you actually schedule the people on it? Like how do you decide yeah. who gets scheduled with who?
1: Yeah, so we will be, you know, in the initial stages be offering scheduling limited time slots so that we can funnel people into the same availability slot. So, you know, you aren't finding yourself without dates. And so folks will say, let's say, for example, I'm available Monday, seven to nine. And we will look to see who else we have just based on the super basic parameters of age, sexuality, location, you know, those very basic things to match you with a person. And so yeah. we're not offering some of the filters that other dating apps have in terms of race or height or things like that. Yeah. We don't believe in in those sorts of limitations, um, which might mean that it's not for everyone. But we do think, mm. again, that the, there are people who that just doesn't matter to them. And they're really looking for for their other person, for their other half. I don't actually believe in other halves, but their their, um, (laughs) person. And so, uh, you know, we're we're not doing any fancy algorithm. We're not filtering people based on, you know, what other people who are like you have liked. We're really just saying, if you're available in the same time slot and you have an overlap of your sexuality, age and location, you might, you know, be compatible with one another. So have a 10 minute conversation and find out
0: how dare you make it that simple? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's just very simple. It really is. How could you? <laughs> like, I'm
0: like, wait, that's way too simple. I mean, it's like, Hey, you, you got time. I got time, you know, but that's kind of like, that's how I meet people. And I meet a ton of people all the time. Yeah. And it's really just, do we have the time? Mm-hmm. And does a somewhat, do they somewhat resonate with me on some level, but a lot of people, I have no clue who they are. Like, Right. When Stephanie Gordon said, Oh, meet, you know, Tally. It's not like I know a lot about you.
1: you right.
0: It's like, okay, let's have a conversation. And we chat and we decide we're both not weirdos. <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: basically, so we're bringing that into dating.
0: Yeah. And, but see, this is what I, I think like in general, dating obviously is what it's about, but you could take that same approach to just friendship and meeting people. It's like, yep. you don't always have to know everything ahead of time, you know? Yeah.
1: We have uh, dreams of expanding to other spaces, but we're, we're we won't get ahead of ourselves.
0: Yeah, let's not put the you know the whole thing before. <laughs> but really, it's a uh, you it's it's behavior, and you can take this across many different things. Okay, let's take it to podcasting, right? So, like mm-hmm. some guests really want to have all the questions ahead of time because they want to feel like I want to be prepared. I want to know what you're going to tell me, right? And that's kind of like the whole dating thing is like now people like expect to have all of the information, but you know, like it's never really functioned well that way in the past. Right. I mean,
1: there's so so many memes of like, you know, folks going on dates and somebody saying something and the other person thinking, Oh, I already knew that because I've Googled you and I know all about (laughs) your family. I know how many cousins you have. I know about your pets. And so, you know, it takes out some of the mystery and some of the fun. And again, there's a component of safety. That's really important. You don't want to go out with people like you know, totally out of the blue, but one of the things about having a conversation with someone is like you said, in that conversation, you get to decide pretty quickly, like, oh, this person is not somebody I want to connect with or, Hey, yeah. we're both normal. Let's continue this conversation.
0: Yeah. I actually find that, um, you know, very quickly. Yeah. Like it's like really, re- I don't know what the research says about how quickly, maybe, you know, there's how quickly people kind of feel it. Is that a thing? I don't even know.
1: Uh, so I don't know about the part. Like, so in about four minutes, people have decided whether or not they want to continue talking to four someone, minutes? Whether, whether or not it's, you know, romantic or otherwise, you know, I don't know if it, it varies based on that, but um, four minutes is is the, you know, scientific number.
0: Okay. People, everyone out there listening, four <laughs> minutes, you you have four minutes to make a really good impression and don't Basically. make it a <laughs> fake self. It's got to be real you. Okay. <laughs> like.
1: I was just joking about like, should job interviews be four minutes? And no, they shouldn't be. But it's just this like, interesting (laughs) because you know, you need to demonstrate skills. But four minutes, it's it's a very short amount of time.
0: So that's, I mean, I didn't know that, but it's kind of what I thought (laughs) is that you kind of get the sense pretty quickly, especially when you meet somebody, even like with the video chatting stuff, we're doing it. I get asked all the time, like, do you really like like every single podcast episode? (laughs) I'm like, honestly, everybody's really nice. But you can tell very quickly if somebody's like really nervous.
1: Yeah.
0: Or, you know, they're just not, they're not used to talking to people regularly, but they're trying to push something they're doing. Right. And you know, like, I know within like a minute, I'm like, well, oh, there's going to be some heavy lifting here today, man.
1: I hope you don't feel that today. <laughs> I didn't say that. (laughs) I I just, I feel like I have to say it.
0: You had to put that out there. So we tell everybody listening, like we talked ahead of time. So I already knew, but most of the people I don't do that with. So Mm -hmm. I kind of like, I like not knowing I'm pretty comfortable not knowing
1: because I
0: think I look at it as a challenge to not know a lot about people and then discover who they are for that. And that sounds like what you're doing.
1: Having listened to your podcast, you're very good at it. (laughs) If you have not met those folks before, you are very good at kind of having those conversations and drawing out their stories. Um, But yes, to go back to what you were saying, uh, we definitely we want to give people that chance to get to know folks for who they are and not just what they look like.
0: Yeah. And Do you find the people you talk to about this are they excited for this version Mm -hmm. of a dating app?
1: They are. Um. It's been and so let me caveat it. There are folks who are younger and in that stage where they just want to hook up. So for them, this might not resonate, yeah. but the folks that we're talking to who are in this, the, our target market and the demographic that we're, we're looking at the late twenties to forties, to they are really interested in this. They are tired of dating apps that, you know, make them feel like a commodity and make them spend so much time getting to a date only to realize within yeah. four minutes of starting the date that they're not interested in proceeding. <laughs> and so, you know, the it's been really great to to talk to people and have that validated and I just I'm so excited to actually put it in people's yeah. hands and see see what they say.
0: You know what's weird for this for me is like you got me all pumped up about this and I'm someone who <laughs> could never use this but I'm like how do I know like I got to, like, what,
1: like you'll have to tell all your friends. I know <laughs> I like
0: think. I actually do have a lot of single friends We're I'm like one of the only people who's been in a relationship for like almost 20 years and literally all of my really good friends are single. And they're all like either 50 or 20 something. It's so weird. But well, they I'll can try the app them, and
1: tell us. Yeah. Is the app
0: free? Is it free or do, does it cost money? It
1: will be free, totally free. Eventually we'll offer a freemium model with some premium features, but that is not um, anytime in the foreseeable near future. I
0: wonder about that. I, uh, developing something myself, uh, not on dating clearly <laughs> 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 some other social networking thing I'm working on, but, why, why do most companies not charge? I mean, maybe I don't even know what I'm saying. This correctly is do most people not charge the dating apps for this.
1: I think almost all of them have a free tier okay. and then offer premium features. And I think from my perspective, you know, first off we don't, one of our, our founding core tenants is like equality. And so we would never want to make our app something that isn't accessible to everyone that would really just okay. make us sad. Yeah. Um, and I think, the other perspective is like, you know, you don't, it's really hard to sell someone on something they haven't experienced. And so the idea of making someone pay just to sign up, it adds a layer of friction that, you know, might prevent you from getting users. And a dating app is an is also a marketplace. You need to have all sides of the equation. You need men, women, you need people who are heterosexual, homosexual, and everywhere in between on that sure. spectrum. And so in order to really build that, that, you know, that, that, uh, place where you have that, Um, combination of interests and overlap, you need as many people as possible. And so making it free is a way to incentivize folks to try it out.
0: You know, it makes a lot of sense with dating, especially Mm -hmm. because you're trying to capture pretty much the largest pool of people as possible. I always wonder about it on the sense like the internet in general, like social media is always free, but sometimes I don't, I don't like that aspect of it. -hmm. You know, this sounds crazy. I'm like, asking to pay for something. But I think when you pay for something, sometimes you pay a different attention to it. Right. You know, like, I think that's true. I think I really do. And I think in, in some instances, I think paying should be how things I'm not saying for this, I'm just, this is just a discussion generally about yeah, the internet and social media. Dating makes sense to me because you're trying to capture a large pool. But sometimes I think when you'd have no monetary investment in something your behavior is somewhat flippant sometimes with it because you just don't care you know like well, you whatever. don't have I'm the same for
1: skin in the game right
0: yeah yeah you have no skin in the game and when you pay for something you pay attention a little differently how, how you pay attention can, is up for debate but i think you pay it you're it's different when you do mm-hmm.
1: that i totally agree and i think now that you say that it's coming to mind i think there is one dating app or it's i think web-based that is primarily like You have to pay, and I think some people gravitate towards that because they think if somebody else is paying to be here, they're going to be intentional about it. And I want to be with other people who are intentional about dating. And so I think you're totally right in dating and beyond. Like if it's free, you're not necessarily feeling the same level of commitment and investment. Whereas if it's not, you're like I put. You know, it's sort of like going to a gym. If I put you know a hundred dollars into a membership, I feel like I should go. Yeah. Um, And so I I think it's definitely um, an incentivization to take it more seriously. do think we have that with link and the time commitment people are putting in yeah you know you're not gonna sign up if you're not willing to actually go on a 10-minute date and so again there's a self-selection component of people who are more serious but your time is not the same as money they're both different forms of investment um but i think you're you're on to something
0: i think so i've I've been thinking about this like as i'm developing different things i think about what i don't like about social media and i'm like well this is i get it like you know, there becomes this other beast of like, uh, investors, advertisement, algorithms and stuff like, well, what, what, what if there was an initial payment? Anyways, I, I'm going on too much about that. I just, I would no. just think about it, but like, I paid, for, I paid for match.com. I paid for that. Mm-hmm. I remember it was yeah. like $23 or something like that a month. I remember, cause I was, this was like a long, long time ago. My mom convinced me to do it. Okay. Everyone, my mom. Yeah. <laughs> And I said, you know what I said? I said, that's for losers. That's what I told her. And and she goes, no, no, a friend of mine got married. I'm like, how is that possible? (laughs) We're telling her that. (laughs) I was so wrong. I was definitely wrong. And now here you
1: are married.
0: I know. And for a long time, and it's been awesome. It's been amazing. But I do remember paying for it. And that was like, kind of like, that was interesting. Now I see that it's mostly free. So tell me a little about the premium stuff. You mentioned, what is that? you don't have to say for your own thing, but what is like, what has been what you've seen for premium payment stuff and other stuff that may be relevant?
1: Yeah, I think um, you see a lot of the ability to to filter based on certain parameters, which we Mm. might offer down the line for the lifestyle choices. So like I said, definitely never having filters based on appearances or height or things like that. But to the extent somebody is interested in having a family, that is Mm. super important. And you might not want to spend time talking to someone who isn't interested in having a family. And so filters like that, um, that isn't to say we would only offer those specific things for, for money, but just saying filters are, are one category of things that are a premium f- uh, feature. Other ones um, include, I think on traditional dating apps, like the number of swipes that you can get or being able to see hmm. said yes to you first and things like that. That wouldn't necessarily apply in our context. And we would still, we have to explore kind of again what people want based on the uh, beta feedback. And when we decide yeah. what we're going to develop next and offer either free or the premium features. So I, I can't speak necessarily to what our premium features will sure. be. Sure. Um, but I think those are, are kind of a lot of what you see in the dating context you know,
0: yeah.
1: enhanced filters, um, being able to see who's liked you first, and more swipes, <laughs> more matches.
0: This is incredible stuff, honestly. I'm like, there's so yeah. much science to dating on some level for that, but you're like, this is like so simple, what you're proposing.
1: It's almost think too simple. The science, <laughs> there's so much science to it. It's almost too simple. There's there's a lot of science around it, but I think what the science is showing us is that there is no science to it. So you can't, hmm. you know, predict who's going to be successful and who isn't based on, the things that people might think are, you know, make it predictable, like demographics, if you have overlap of interests, like it's actually fairly unpredictable. And so it, that's, that's kind of science shows there's no science. It it seems like a weird way to put it, but um, it's been really interesting to kind of see, um, you know, what the research has been. And again, like I said earlier, attraction, which is what people are like, oh, I'm so excited about this person. That initial attraction, that initial spark doesn't usually translate into, it doesn't, have any connection or correlation to whether or not the lo- relationship will become a long-term one, and so it's just uh, you know one of the things we think is great about Blink then is is you're kind of removing that whole layer of of all of that of saying like oh I only want somebody who's this or I think I need somebody who has this educational background. Yeah. Y- you're now able to connect with anyone and you know remove a lot of the stigma around that.
0: It's so funny, it's it's uh, much like anything people put walls up about things initially. And dating is no different than any other aspect where you say, hey, I need these things to happen in order for me to participate in this, which is a shame because you often miss out on really amazing things when you create all these barriers to entry to something.
1: That just makes me think, I took my dad once to a cooking class without telling him beforehand and he was (laughs) miserable for the first 15 minutes. He's like, why can't I just go to a restaurant, eat the food? And by the end of it, you could see he's like really getting into it. And so, you know, like you said, people put up these barriers and these walls and it keeps them from having experiences that otherwise could be really fun. And, you know, ones they would enjoy if they just gave it a shot.
0: Yeah. And it seems like attraction, when you talk about physical attraction, that is often a barrier for people, Mm -hmm. like a huge barrier. But they, people have a hard time letting go of that. Is that something that you have seen with people that they just struggle with letting go of the physical attraction part?
1: I think, I think it's definitely something that's super prevalent for a lot of people. I think some people are absolutely ready to let go of it. You know, so our first podcast um, episode, our first couple, they actually totally impromptu, like totally unprompted by us, started talking about how people are too focused on looks and how they, you know, want to get to know people for who they are, which was yeah. really beautiful to listen to. Um, I think though, something I want to point out is that I think the looks thing actually helps actually blinds us to negative things sometimes too so psychologist Ken page so if you're really attracted to someone you're going to ignore red flags (laughs) because you're just you're going to make excuses for them you're going to you know think like oh but i'm really into them or oh they could be this other person that i expect them to be (laughs) and it it creates like a a kind of a toxic um relationship potentially and so uh, looks, it could it be a double-edged sword, you know, it, it could attract you to someone who isn't good for you. And so I think, again, putting that compatibility first helps you focus on what really matters in a long-term relationship.
0: You ever, I, this just popped into my mind, yeah. part of the craziness of my show. I just, I'm like, what? And Why did this pop in my mind? Do you feel like some people use their looks as I don't want to say a weapon, but as it's like their main thing. It's what they use to, it's what they're used to using to create mm-hmm. a relationship. Yeah. How does that affect somebody when that is all they know how to create yeah. a relationship? And, and then you say, well, just listen to my voice, you know.
1: Have you watched Too Hot to Handle on Netflix? I haven't. It, um, in a nutshell, takes a bunch of people who are really attractive and used to being kind of told that they're attractive, puts them on an Island together and says, you're not allowed to have any physical relationship with anyone. Like you can develop emotional connections. We want you to do that, but you can't kiss, you can't touch, you can't do these other things. And it's really interesting to see these people who have relied on their looks to make connections for their entire lives realize like oh no now I have to talk to this person I have to get to know them I have to be vulnerable myself yeah and and see kind of how they they cope with that for some people it doesn't necessarily land they they are like no I'm cool with what I was doing before and for other Mm. people it's like oh my god there's this whole world of connection that I've been missing out on because I was just into the superficialness of connections before Mm. um and so I think it's it's I sort of think that's like a microcosm and that's sort of what we would see here for folks who you know might have been matching on dating apps solely based on being really conventionally attractive, they might have a totally different experience once they actually start talking to people and start trying to really connect yeah. with them.
0: You think it'll be awkward for people who have grown up in just in this age, and they're just like, I don't know how to talk to people. I, You know how many young people don't know how to talk to people? Like a lot. <laughs> it's like a lot, you know that, Tal? <laughs> no,
1: I've, I've, I have noticed that. And sometimes I'm like, is it me? Am I the problem? No.
0: You're not the problem.
1: <laughs> not the problem. Um, I think you know. I don't know that our our dating app necessarily will attract some of those younger folks like the Gen Z. Like they're they're mm-hmm. potentially a little too young to be blurred into blank. I think the the millennial generation is what we're looking at, and they're a little bit yeah. better at conversational skills,
0: like slightly, <laughs> slightly,
1: <laughs> not all of us. Um, but I think, yeah, it will challenge them. I think, yeah. you know, for folks who are used to swiping and communicating through tweets and through, you know, comments on images, like it will be different. But at the end of the day, you know, you're not going to build a, a, a life with someone based on tweets. Like I maybe, that. I don't know, maybe that's how Gen Z <laughs> is going to do it. But at the at the end of the day, they're going to need to find somebody who they can connect with. If <laughs> they want obviously, if tweets. they want to fly solo, that's cool too. <laughs> that's yeah. life on tweets. Just tweet maybe back and forth in different rooms. Maybe somebody's done that.
0: They built a life on tweets.
1: Maybe. I know snap is really big too. They just snap back and forth and that's how, you know, people communicate throughout the day. And I just, I could never get, get into that.
0: I don't, I don't get that. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Little pictures, snapshots. This is
0: like an alien world to me, man. It's like, I'm all about like talking to people. You know, it's like, like, it's like really like, that's why I think when I started a podcast, it, I was like, it's no big deal. I just want to, I'm just talking to people, but I'm, but I'm used to that. I'm used to, okay. I'm used to not having a cell phone as hard right. as it is to believe anybody listening a lot of my, some, my audience, I have a good chunk of my audience. that's like 25 years old right. to 30. There was a time before cell phones, <laughs> <laughs> there was brick phones. My, I didn't have the Fair brick one. phone, but I'm telling you, you had to talk to people, man, <laughs>
1: <laughs> my, my I've been with my partner now 11 years and when we first started dating he had a brick phone and he never took it anywhere and so I think he started taking it with him because I would send him messages I'm a little younger than he is yeah. and he was like well I wanted to reply to you so I guess I had to bring my phone with me yeah. and so that's how that's how he broke into I guess the uh, the phone technology the being glued to your phone world
0: yeah and so this is an app this is primarily just for your phone right blink is
1: Yes, but we do hope to offer virtual and, and in-person events once it's safe in-person events down the oh, line.
0: I see. So you're going to mm-hmm. add not only the virtual, but like, hey, let's take this to physical, like... How do you envision that going? Actually,
1: yeah, sort of like uh, Love Is Blind, but for for the masses and <laughs> this is blackout crazy. pods. So not you can't see anything. You can't see the hand in front of your face when you're having your conversation with someone. It really changes. It's sort of like when you think about Daredevil. Oh, yeah. you know he can't see, so That's his right. other senses are are amplified. So yeah. it's sort of like that. It's putting you in this kind of space where you can really listen and focus on your other senses other than just sight. And so blackout pods.
0: You're gonna have to take people's phones. You know this, right? Before they go. To oh the yeah. Driveway.
1: Oh yeah. You I mean, I told this. you that it was born at a blackout restaurant. They took <laughs> your phones, they took your watches, they took all of your technology. So definitely.
0: Might be some people crying in there.
1: I can't have my phone. <laughs> <laughs> for a couple of hours, you can uh, unplug you can a it <laughs> <laughs> They're going to have withdrawal by the end of it.
0: I mean, it's, it can be an addictive thing, you know, for a lot mm-hmm. of people. I mean, their existence is completely on the phone, you know, Yep. I think dating dating just fascinating to me for someone who is not doing it, can't do it. It's like, I just wonder, I'm curious about human behavior and how people mm-hmm. connect with each other. Yeah. And dating is one of the craziest, strangest ways people <laughs> connect with each other. It's like this weird dance.
1: It really is. Yeah, it and really, it's changed.
0: It's changed over though. time.
1: Like, mm-hmm.
0: well, how is it going to keep changing? That's the thing.
1: You know, I wish... I, I'm really hopeful that it'll change towards the better and the direction that we're, <laughs> we're hoping for and become less superficial and that people can can kind of focus on the important stuff. It's it's interesting. If you look you know at folks from who met in the fifties, yeah. they met based on where they lived. They primarily mm. were marrying people who lived in their same buildings or blocks or neighborhoods. And they stayed together for a really long time because they weren't looking for passion. They were looking for companionship and somebody to build a family with. Mm. So I think what people are looking for is changing how they're looking for it is changing. Um, and I, am I'm, I'm hopeful that people are kind of recalibrating into this space of, I don't want just, you know, piece of arm candy, but I want somebody to, to navigate life with.
0: Man, that would be, that would be nice. I mean, a more <laughs> inclusive, uh, Man, the 50s thing sounds weird to me.
1: <laughs> it is a little weird. Honestly, weird I, it sounds a
0: little weird. It was like, uh, I'm not really that into you, but I kind of am. I don't know. It's like, <laughs> it's like,
1: it's like companionship. It's like they yeah. became friends, it sounds like more than, you know. Yeah. And... You know, I don't know, are you, I'm a big fan of Esther Perel, and she talks a lot about how, yeah. you know, that used to be all you were looking for, somebody to live your life with. Somebody, One person would bring home, you know, the bacon, so to yeah. speak, and the other person kept the home. And now people are expecting a best friend, a lover, they're expecting passion, you know, security. And some of these things aren't compatible. Like, you know, passion is sometimes born of mystery, and yeah. mystery is the counter of security. And so we're creating this environment where it's actually really hard to find somebody who's checking off all the boxes, at least in a long long-term capacity
0: how can you how can you be all those things to one person you can't
1: it used to it takes a village and I think now people are expecting it in one person and it's maybe that's why you know there are more separations now than there were in the 50s but um, it's definitely interesting to think about
0: well, well, I'll tell you what, this has been awesome. I mean, it's
1: yeah.
0: really, hopefully it's been an uh, interesting time for you.
1: Um, oh, it's been so much fun. <laughs>
0: yeah, I just riff on all this stuff. I just think it's so fascinating. So I'm really glad. Shout out to Stephanie Gordon for yeah,
1: connecting me to so. uh,
0: Tally. This is awesome. Blink, I want you to just sign off about it tell everyone how they can get involved with it. When's it coming out the whole deal, how they could find it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So if you're interested in checking out blank, we have our waitlist open. Now it's at our website, www.theblinkdate.com. If in the meantime, you want to check out what the experience is like, you can listen to our podcast date in a blank. We're actually recruiting for a season two this month. So if you want to try it out and be on a podcast yourself and go on a date with someone, sign up. Um, and yeah, if you just ever want to reach out and talk to us about dating, your experiences, or anything like that, you can find us on social at the blank date on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and beyond.
0: TikTok and beyond. There we go. TikTok
1: and beyond. There's so many, so many platforms. Yeah. Completely. I just wanted to beyond. Yeah,
0: yeah. And now you're adding to the pantheon. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, mean, I know. More choices. Don't do that. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I really am. Well, thank you so much. Literally, uh, you're wonderful to talk to, Tally. Really, so thank easy you. to talk to. He's very. Easy. It was
1: really my pleasure.
0: Yeah, for sure. And uh, thank you for being on. And we will be in touch.
1: Awesome. Sounds great.